We got Doug McLean on the line. Because I, I, I need to I need a few minutes to collect myself because I, I still haven't formally told him I'm not working with him this year. And that I've this is I've I've traded him in for younger and better looking. Who's this? John Shannon I'm talking to? <laughs> Where the hell are you? I'm in South Florida, Delray Beach. I just come up from a uh, actually, I'm exercising now. I did my power walk this morning, you know, with the elbows above the chest to get the heart rate up. And then I had a 45-minute swim this afternoon, breaststroke. Not, you know, not too tough, but you know, I'm 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 working out, and I'm in South Florida. Doug, it sounds like I need to start doing some exercises to not have a heart attack working alongside Kipper here. Uh, you got to give me some advice, man. How, how do I get through this healthy like yourself? <laughs> you know, I wish I could give you advice, but you know what? My days of giving advice are over. I'm just sort of, uh, you know, trying to relax. And, you know, I, I wish you well. It hasn't been easy for me uh, to carry him for 10 or 15, 10 <laughs> years, 8 or 10 years. Uh, so I wish you all the best. But I, I, I've listened to you. You know, I've followed your your writings and your analysis and, and your, you know, your commentary. I think you'll be just fine with him. Can, can you, um, Thank you. Can you uh, check retirement? at the door uh, until after our segment, because I, I did convince some around here that you can help us make sense of this crazy start to the season, including, and I know you, 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 every time you went on air, it was like, you're actually talking to Kyle. You're talking to Brendan and you're talking to Sheldon and you're giving them advice. advice. So what possible advice could you give them coming off a squeaker to earn two points against what we think may be the worst team in the national hockey league? Well, you know, and in fairness to them, I, I, I really only watched the last two games. I watched the Carolina game, which was embarrassing. I mean, they were, they were dominated. They weren't, they weren't close to as good a team as Carolina. Granted, Carolina have been pretty good. Last night, Chicago was kind of a funny game. They, they a slow, sluggish start and down a couple, and then they played pretty well. You know, overall had good scoring chances. But here, here's my problem: is Campbell still had to win them the game last night. Campbell had to make five, five, ten bellers in the last five minutes of that game to to salvage a, a win for them. So. Campbell has he is he my favorite goalie? No, but he's he's been okay for them. I don't see him as a Stanley Cup goalie. I don't see him as a goalie that's going to take them deep. So I have concerns about their goaltending. Number one, I've never been a Morassic fan. I know he's had a couple of runs, but I've never been a big fan. My issue is their blue line. I, I watched Morgan Riley last night trying to do a lot of things. Made a great play on one of the goals, but trying to do a lot of things. But after that, I, I'm nervous about their back end. I, I'm surprised there's some guys that have dropped off. Muzzin hasn't been as good. Hall hasn't been as good. Uh, kids, you know, the kids there are, are going to take some time. So I'm worried about their back end. I think the scoring will come. Matthews is too good. Mariner's too good. I understand Haley Wickenheiser's working with uh, with Mariner on his in his development. So I'm, I'm hoping that'll pay dividends down the road. But I I, I think that. I think that their goal scoring will come, but they lost Hyman, guys. Like <laughs> seriously, is he not their best damn one of their best two way guys? And they lose him. He was seriously. What the hell is going on? How do you lose him? How do you lose him? How do you not know two years ago you're going to lose him and we, do something we, about we it? We just lost Sammy. That's what we did with that comment. <laughs> now you. He's under the table. He's under the table again. But we we know how they well, lost him. We know on, how they boy. lost him. The no, quest- you got to prepare. You have to prepare for it, Nick. You lost him because you spent too much money. You never. I I still believe. Yeah, you get in trouble by overpaying guys, but you get in trouble with paying bad players too much money. Your good guys typically always work. And I know they got one extra forward there, but. 
anyway, that's my that's my issue. They've lost Hyman. Their blue line isn't good enough, and I'm still not sold in their goaltending. And they've got a lot of inexperience on their bench. A lot of inexperience on their bench. Is there anything else I have to say? <laughs> so hold on. No no go on the goaltending, no go on the defense, coaching no good. Uh, forwards. Let me ask I you about the forwards. I didn't say that. I didn't. <laughs> don't put words in my mouth now. Okay. I said a lack of experience All on right. the bench, from assistant coaches to head coach. I like Keith. I think he's okay, but he's a, he's a he's a young, inexperienced coach, and and everybody with him on the bench is. So then, let's take it up to the management booth. Can it work paying this these four guys over forty million dollars? Is there a way? that they can make it worth or, or work, or does someone have to go? We had that conversation here yesterday. Very, We disagreed on who it would be if someone had to go, but do you think that these four guys making this much money, there's a way to build around them and have success? I think it's it's really challenging, and, and there's no denying that. And one of them probably has to go. And this isn't new conversation. This was discussed three, four years ago on the Fan 590 and Sportsnet that how do you do this and make it work? So, you know, everybody now is down on Marner. Everybody was down on Nylander. Nobody's down on Matthews. And, you know, I mean, Tavares is the guy for me that I would go by in a heartbeat, but that's not going to happen. If you were running the Leafs right now, would you wait? Or do you think this may be the team that just ends up fighting for a playoff spot come March. Well, you know what? That's a, that's a great, great question because, you know, we said this summer uh, that they were going to be in a dogfight to make the playoffs. It's, you know, Boston, them, who Pittsburgh, you know, including the wild cards here, who, who's going to miss here in this metropolitan, and in this Atlantic Conference, I mean, it is unbelievable. They're going to be in a dogfight to make it. I'm telling you what bothers me more than anything, guys, is I watched the last two games, and they're still really easy to play against. They were going to fix that last year. They were going to fix it this year. They're still easy to play against. Did you ever have uh, a Nick Ritchie where you just thought, there's every reason why this guy should just be overpowering and, and, and a force and you can't get it out of him. Did you have players like that? I'm where I am today because I had too many. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> there. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, that, hey, hey, that's on you then. <laughs> exactly. I'm not saying I wasn't. Listen, when I criticize a team, and I, I, I've been criticized plenty. I, I've, I've taken my fair uh, share of heat over the years. I, 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 you know, and I'm, I'm comfortable with that, you know. Yeah, fair enough. They, uh, they're struggling to get him going. Some of the other new guys that they brought on board, I want to get your take on as well. Uh, Michael Bunting is getting big run on the top six. Camp and Kasha are, you know, running that third line. How, how do you feel about the additions they made this offseason and their impact so far with the Leafs? Well, you know, I, Bunting has been a, a nice story. I, to move a guy into the top six, Top six is a really important group on your team. Is he ready for that? I'd rather see him as a as a third line guy. I'm not a big Kasha fan. I you know I've watched him a few years now. I, I you know he's in and out. I I just think that you know Bunting to me should be a third line guy. That's where he should be. And they're too thin because of their makeup. Uh, to fix that. Uh, Richie should be, you know, they brought him in to be a top six guy, but, you know, he was always in, uh, they were always mad at him in Boston last year. Do, do, do they not think, do they not hear that? How can I hear that, that they were mad at him last year in Boston and the Leafs don't hear that. Um, but I, but I, I'm a, you know, from watching Bunning for two games, I, I like him, but I think he should be, he'd be better suited to be a third line guy right now. And as the season progresses, he keeps playing well. 
then consider moving them up. But who else plays that? That's the problem. You're getting significant significantly more crusty as this uh, segment continues. So what does that mean? <laughs> You've got to take the RV in for a service. It's got a flat tire. <laughs> Something's going on here. You know what? I, I, I ticked off because I just bought one of those monthly washes where you pay $29.95 <laughs> and you can go and get your car washed as many times as you want. So <laughs> I, I do that because I don't want the salt to accumulate on the Porsche. All right. Well, there you go. There you go. Okay, listen, Mac, um, we're going to ask you to put your executive uh, hat on, someone that's been able to uh, run a, an organization. I, I, I Try to be as truthful and honest as you can here when I ask you this, but where is the fine line when you run an NHL team between – trying to keep something quiet or under wraps or handled internally or when you just need to come clean? Well, that is a, uh, that's a tough question. And, you know, you, you run into situations when you're a general manager and a president of a team and a head coach that are, there's a really a fine line and there's some really challenging and difficult situations there there but here here's my issue with this whole thing i when i drafted a player and i'm not kidding here i'm serious when i drafted a player he became part of the family part of the group part of a a, a, a group that i felt that i cared about and owed you know, something too. And I really took pride in my graphics. Not all of them became players. Not all of them became great NHLers. Some were fringe. Some were good. But they were my draft pick. I'm telling you something. If I was the GM or the head coach, and that came to my attention, what happened? Story. Would have happened. Guy would not be in my dressing room and would not be in my building until I found out exactly what happened. Suspended indefinitely, gone out the door until I had a totally comfortable with an investigation internally, uh, legally. If it, if that's if the you know, and obviously that's where it should have gone, and. That's where the starting point would be with me. It would not be, okay, we're going to, let's just leave this till the playoffs are over. Let's just leave this till the regular season's over. Let's leave it. I'm sorry. These are kids. These are your draft picks. These are your, a huge part of your franchise. I don't care if I drafted kids in the seventh round that never played a game. I drafted Ryan Bonus, Rick Bonus's son in the seventh round. Never played a game, but I still had pride that I drafted him. He's become an NHL executive. He's got great respect in the league, and I really feel great about that kid, that maybe some little way we helped him. This makes me sick to my stomach. There. So, Doug, how do you feel about where responsibility falls below Stan Bowman and Al McIsaac? Like, how much is on Joel Quinville as the coach? How much is on the assistant GM doing the cap there and Kevin Sheveldayoff or Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane? How the, These guys are under scrutiny now too. How much of this falls on them? You know, I, I don't, I, I, I don't see it as a player. And look, I, I've seen reports like players knew, like we know how teams work guys. I mean, you know what's going on. I'm hearing they didn't know, they did know. I don't know. But you know what? To me, this is this is not a player thing. I guess this is a, this is a, a a leadership thing. This is the leaders of the organization have to take drastic steps here to find out ASAP what happened. If if, if there's an assault on one of your players. By a, by a senior person in your organization or by a, a person in responsibility, 
something has to happen. I have, I've got it on management. I've got it on the president. I've got it on the GM. I've got it on the head coach. I really do. Okay. So that, jo- that's, that's for me. That's where it is. Joel Quenville, we assume is in Gary Bettman's office right now. Where is, where does the burden of proof lie? Is it up to Gary to prove that you, that, that Joel knew more and chose not to deal with it? Or is it up to Joel to prove that he didn't know because something has to give here. Like if Joel pl- pleads ignorance, you're saying it's on your leaders. Hey, you can accuse me all you want of being a bad leader, but to take away my livelihood and my legacy, you better have a really good reason to do that. Does Joel have enough to say that to Gary Bettman today? And does Gary have enough to sit, to, to pull out, um, the you'll never coach again card? You know what? I, I think it's going to be a really intense conversation. There's going to be obviously the the reporting, the, the so-called meeting that happened, the also the meeting that, that Kyle Beach talked about in, in Joel's office where he told them what happened, um, how was it handled. Uh, you know what? I... You know, I, I happen to really like Stan Bowman and, and Joel Quenville. I, I, I've known them for a long time. I really, I like them. I respect what they've done in the game. But I, you know, they've got to, they've got to sell Gary Bettman. And I don't mean sell. I mean tell the truth as to what really came down here. And this is this is serious, serious stuff. You know, there's some, you know, like I just read what Joel's evaluation, not 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 a letter of recommendation. I don't care. I, I don't think that ever happened or never did happen. But his evaluation of the guy and the job he did and the, with the Stanley Cup and around the team. And I, I'm sorry, this is just too bizarre for me. So. Joel's got a big sell job to do today to prove that he did or handled this as well as he could have. So obviously Stan didn't because he's gone. And then the question about the players, like Jonathan Taves had some comments yesterday about, you know, he's not on board with Bowman and uh, being out and it sounded like cancel culture type stuff. How do you feel about Jonathan Taves uh, position on this and what, what he should do and should have done, I guess. Well, you know what you 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 have leaders on your team, and they're 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 supposed to be leaders of your of your group. And I, I the one criteria I always had when I was naming a captain, and it was that that person, the number one thing I looked at was did he care about did he care enough about the organization. Care was the number one thing. Did he really care about that group? And you know what? I Jonathan Pays has been a great captain. I listened to Duncan Keith say yesterday he didn't know who John Doe was. He didn't know about this. He was too focused on the Stanley Cup to pay any attention to this. Then I hear guys were teasing him in the teasing Kyle in the dressing room, and the players all knew. Like I don't, who knows? But I I, I go back again and say, you know what? To me, this is this is more about the management, in my opinion. And I, I, you know, the players, their job is to play hockey. Management's job is to run and administer and be the backbone of the organization. That's what you're why you're paid five, six, three, two million dollars. Judging what we saw against the Leafs, it's going to be a long year for this group on and off the ice. Yeah, it is. All right, we're going to... Yeah, it is. We're, it we're... is. It's, it's, look, it's a really unfortunate situation. Sure is. You know, I, you know I've talked to a couple of people out at Miami of Ohio after where this guy got into trouble there, where he got in trouble in high school, where he served time. I mean, this is, this is, a, this is a devastating thing for this organization. And for one, for Kyle Beach, that, that that's the one, the one thing here that 
what this kid has been through as a first round pick is pretty sad, pretty sad and pretty unfortunate. And somebody's going to probably pay. Maybe just the beginning. Okay. We're going to let you go. I'm told I got to get to break uh, after the show. Are we going to break? That's no. the problem with uh, that's the problem with mine and your show. We didn't need breaks because we didn't have any ads. I, I can see it right here. It says four ten break. <laughs> Sammy, am I wrong here? Nah, you're right, Kim. Okay, listen, Mac. After the show, we get together and we all kind of talk about what what's good and bad about the show. We will um, all get together and, and decide what the good things that you said on the show and, and the things that we didn't agree with. And, and hopefully there's enough check marks where we invite you back. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> A little giggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you can fit us in between um, pickleball or, uh, uh, I don't know, walks with uh, dark socks and sandals? Can you fit us in? If it was up to me, yes. If it's up to Jill, uh, no. Do you know, just before the show, uh, Justin, my um, 30-something, said, what's, what's Doug up to now? Is he selling real estate in Nova Scotia or something? <laughs> I said... Prince Edward Island, Justin, wake up. <laughs> like, well, I'm trying to get the right information before we go on air here. I'm sorry, Justin. <laughs> They're embarrassing themselves with these idiotic comments. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's 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 my fault justin i've seen so many people throw so many uh, uh, uh under the bus i just thought i'd do it to you right now <laughs> seems fair very ma- very babcock maple leaves all here. right doug mcclain thanks for joining us we'll find you again somewhere thanks. down the road hey guys thanks a lot for having me <laughs> thanks hey, doug anytime and he didn't even mention his last round on the golf course which is a, a new record Usually he's telling us. Is he a uh, player? Oh, he thinks he is. Yeah. Yeah, he's. Th- yeah. No, he's not, though. <laughs> he's not. Okay. Now I'm scared to throw out the break because Sammy's going to go, we don't either take a no, break. You're good. It's time. We're good. We got to talk to Brad May. We got Brad May, former NHL. He's going to discuss what he saw last night. How do we get a few more players in the lineup with Brad's attitude? I think we should keep Brad on the actual team, just put him on the bench for break in, in case of emergency. All yes. right. And you want to get into rough ru- rush chances with Sheldon Keefe has a bit of a concern on that as well. Coming up after the break, real Kipper and born Sportsnet 590, the fan longtime NHL or Brad may going to be joining us momentarily. You talked about uh, Engvall and those scrums. Mm-hmm. Brad May was in a scrum or two over his career. Yeah. It must be infuriating watching someone Engvall size and just being like, God, just get angry. Well, I, I've seen it more out of him than anyone else. Out of Pierre? Yes. I, well, out of last him. night you did. I think I saw it in an exhibition game. <laughs> <laughs> You're also, going back nine nine games and you but, saw it. Yeah. But I, I've not seen one guy in between that. No. And I, I'm, listen, I, I'm not joking around. No, I, you're I, not. I can't really recall anybody but him. And Brad May was, you know, he, he also had Rob Ray. And it's a lot easier to get in some scrums when you got two or yeah. three guys. And he had this other one, Donnelly. Oh, I, I went him on a couple occasions. I'm like, yeah. I have no business fighting this guy. He's like 6'4". How big are you? You, you fought above your weight? Just a little, little feller. Just a little, I don't think so. I don't think that's true. Ah, no good What'd days. you play at? Five and three quarters, which I always got them to say six feet on You're the hockey card. You're six in the card. program, yeah. Yeah, but I... I tipped the Toledo up around 208. I can't believe you're six feet, and you fought some names. You fought the names. I also, uh, Brad gave it to me a couple times. You fought him too? Yes. Yeah. And he had he had a hand the size of my foot. <laughs> and when you when you get punched with, like, a guy with a big hand, yeah. you know it. Is it a thing where, like, a pitcher going through the lineup a third time, by the time you fight someone for the second and third time and they know you're a lefty, you've lost yes. the fastball? <laughs> yes, I lost my fastball. 
at Madison Square Garden. At Madison Square Garden, face down. Oh, That's when I lost my fastball. Mayday, we are talking just simple things like a scrum and how we're watching the Leafs. And I said Engvall had one last night. And I don't think I saw another one out of the Leafs since, like, the end of preseason. But there is an art to that sort of stuff, isn't it? And I think Envol drew a penalty off of it, too. And it's kind of a lost art, isn't it? So, Kipper, thank you for, first of all, letting me come on and, and talk. Um, yeah, listen, I, the scrum used to be a big part of the intimidation factor, setting up what you want to do as a player. Of course, going into a an opposing team's arena and and making it uncomfortable, or vice versa. Um, I saw that that play last night. I actually was like, I didn't understand. You know, he he ran in there. It was he was he was aggressive, but really did nothing. Right, like nothing comes from it. Although he did have somebody that you know that uh, actually retaliated and did draw a penalty. Um, I'm against that. I think if you're going to do something, make 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 it you know, worth it. However, the intimidation factor guys comes from the power play, not necessarily the physical act from a scrum or a fight or anything beyond that. It's, um, if you get the, the least on the power play, they have a chance to beat you or, or any other team. So, um, you got to be disciplined. But it is easier, Mayday, to at least, you know, start an action to get a reaction. And, and in this case, if it does draw power play, all the better here. But, you know, it, it, it is a lot easier when you also have in your lineup uh, a Matthew Barnaby, a Rob Ray, uh, some of these guys that weren't scared to get into a scrum and just start challenging people and, talking down to them and that's a, certainly a, an acceptable form of uh, intimidation in today's game without crossing the line but if if you don't have teammates that are willing to get in there it, it, it makes it a lot tougher to do it no there's no doubt you got you got to have guys that bring everybody into the fight if you will or into the you know that their emotional level bring, bring it up a notch um, yeah Matthew was amazing at it he made a lot of nights very uncomfortable for all of us, Robbie Ray, myself, as did as did you know ourselves. We did the same thing. Um, you know, certain nights, you know, you didn't have the emotional response or, or, or the the preparedness from your team, and and it took a scrum or a fight or you know a threat to kind of get your 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 teammates into into the action. But um, I'm just not so sure. I I think there's just the players don't respond the same today because the game is officiated differently. And that intimidation is really not a part of it outside of the power play guys, the way I see it anyways. I mean, I think I wasn't afraid of, of fighting anybody. I was certainly afraid of saying no and avoiding a situation and having all my teammates and my peers look at me like, okay, here's a guy he's picking the spots and he's not prepared or he, He's, he's not committed. So um, I think the fear for me as a player years ago would have been if I don't participate in that scrum and, and become aggressive, um, my, my buddies are going to look down on me. And I think that has changed in the game of hockey. What's fascinating is like hearing you say that the fear is uh, you know saying no to guys, but then you have guys on your team who are constantly bringing you into these situations where someone could ask you or challenge you or whatever. Were there times where it's frustrating to play with a guy like Barnaby? You know, I had Anthony Stewart on the show who said playing with Patrick Coletta was a, a nightmare because this guy would run someone from behind and all of a sudden everyone else had to fight for him. Was that hard sometimes playing with scrappy guys like that? Um, I got to be honest, guys. I, I actually love the only thing I miss about hockey is fighting. So uh, <laughs> I, I got to be honest. I, I, I loved that. I loved every scrum. I loved every fight. Uh, obviously, a lot of it was nonsense, and a lot of it made no sense to, you know, to to your teammates and maybe others. But um, at the end of the day, like the question I always hear today is, you know, what happened in the game to to provoke, you know, that type of response? Well. What you don't know is maybe two years ago that player disrespected you or, or got the best of you or maybe beat up your teammate. And at the end of the day, you're supposed to be brothers and a family. And it doesn't matter when, but you're going to, you know, you're going to remember, um, you know, retribution. So, um, so many of these things that do happen, even today, 
um, isn't because of what happened last shift or last period. It could have been a year ago. It could have been in the series, you know, three months ago in the season, you know, earlier on. So um, I think a lot of that stuff, I don't think players have to answer to anybody for, for those questions. But um, the physicality, I, you know what, I love, I love it, guys. That's one thing I miss. But I do love the skill level. I love the speed today. And it officiated properly, you know, and you get two teams willing to, you know, give everything they got on a, Tuesday night or a Saturday night, the game of hockey is better than it's ever been. It just, I, I just love to see that buy-in, that, that passion a little more demonstrated a little differently. Are you okay? Are you like lifting a boat out of the water or something? <laughs> like what is going on back there? You know what? It's very windy where I am. I apologize. <laughs> what, what, hole, what hole are you on? I gotta be honest. You don't, you're not, you're not going to believe what's happening to me right now. My wife has a, PCR swab test, and she was just swabbing my nose. <laughs> 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 I, 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 this is the world I just landed in Houston, but I have to get to travel back into Toronto um, on Saturday. So. That's where I am. I apologize. For, no, don't for, apologize. For it's uh, that's you why appreciate it's, it. it's it's the real Kipper and Bourne, man. It's a real <laughs> real stuff happens on the real Kipper and Bourne show. Hey, this is real, and this is this is 2021. Like we, this is part of our life. I, I'm I just I just got a nasal swab because I have to travel in two days. It's um, it's different times, guys, but you got to do whatever is. it takes to. To, to make everybody comfortable. Hey, Mayday, last night we also saw a pretty animated Austin Matthews get fired up, and a few things were probably said to uh, maybe a defenseman or two along the uh, along the bench. Was there, I, was there star players you played with? Like, was there like a, a Pat LaFontaine or, you know, a, a Getzlav that you certainly saw in Austin's position that could pull that off? Well, the, the, again, I think the eyeballs. There's so many. There's so many people watching today, and there's really nothing you can do to hide, right? So that could have been misunderstood if if the reaction on the bench was was taken differently, where a star player yells at his bench. We don't really know what he was saying, right? But um, a lot of this stuff is misunderstood because Austin Matthews basically could have been saying, "Hey, listen, I'm wide. I'm wide open. You know, get me the puck." But in some cases, that would be, that would appear to be selfish. Um, I think a guy like Austin Matthews has to become a leader, is a leader, and he has to set the tone for his teammates. And if he's snapping early in the game, and by the way, the way that game was being played last night, Toronto had zero chance of winning that game early on. But their 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 buy-in after um, Matthews snapped a little bit it seemed like their game picked up and they started playing a little more passionately. So um, I love the way that the Leafs played in the second half of the game, but that first period was atrocious. Yeah. How do you like this team compared to last year? I know in terms of like the physical edge we were talking about earlier, it felt like last year's team had a bit more with Bogosian and I know Thornton's not a tough guy, but at least he's a big guy. Do you feel like this team is as good as last year's or step behind? Um. I think it's way too soon. I, I think Leaf Nation and everybody in hockey, you know, it, it, it's been the talk, right? Two, two and four and one if going into last night's game. Um, people are losing their minds, and, and I think right, rightfully so. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs are a good team. They're supposed to be a heck of a lot better than what they've performed, and I say performed in success, and success is defined in the playoffs, of course. Um, but when teams get bounced out, look at, look at Tampa Bay. Two years ago, they got bounced out in the first round to, to, by by Columbus, and then they come back and they end up. Or, or that, I guess that would be, you know, would that be three seasons ago? But um, they came back and they played in, incredibly well to start the season. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs, after their, you know, failures in the playoffs last last season, you got to see a little bit more passion from that group. Last night, I think we saw it in the second half, and certainly late in the third and in, in overtime, but. You got it. Like the way they were skating in late in the third period, around nine minutes to go in the game. I said to my son, who was actually, he was a video coach um, in junior and with the Ottawa Senators when he got out of university. And 
he was like, this, this team's got to show more, more passion. And my son's 25 and didn't live it like I did. But I think everybody that's watching the game is like, why can't they start with that same speed, same passion, and same execution to start a game? Um, they have to figure that out as a team. But I like their talent. I'm not so sure today that, that the toughness does result in the wins, but I need to see grit. Like, I guess the toughness can be displayed differently. Not fighting tough, but you've got to be willing to block shots. You've got to be willing to finish checks. And in the first period last night, there was, I, I don't know, was there two or, two or three hits thrown in that period? Um, I think they've got to be a little more physical for sure. Well, and we, when we hear about uh, the comparisons that, uh, you know, Detroit had to go through lessons before they won and Washington needed to, and you just mentioned Tampa Bay uh, losing a few years ago to Columbus, but the following year, I don't ever recall any of those rosters really truly losing a type of guy that you just described moments ago, a grit guy, uh, a guy hard to play against, in Hyman, like you lost a legit 20 minute and night guy who just didn't show up once every two or three games. He showed up every night. And that is a huge hole we're finding out for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Kipper, Kipper, Zach Hyman, there's no secret why Edmonton's one of the best teams to start this season. Who knows where these teams are going to end and and, you know, in the next few months or six months from now. But Zach Hyman's the engine, right? He, he, he's the workhorse, and he's a conscience to, to all of his teammates. You know, when guys aren't willing, or maybe I don't want to say willing because I think every player is willing, but aren't prepared to battle or, or compete at the level necessary. A guy like Zach Hyman, and there's players on every roster that bring their teammates into, you know, into that level or up to that level of, of, of competitiveness, Zach Hyman was that guy. And yes, I know it was a salary cap thing and, and Toronto has, it has put themselves in, in somewhat of a tough spot where they can't make certain moves that they would like to. And they might want to even, you know, move up, move a player out and bring somebody else in. But Zach Hyman, that energy and that passion and that commitment to work, that's contagious in a locker room. And that is a big hole. But guess what? Gives that gives someone else or a committee of players an opportunity to do it and show what they're all made of. It's early in the year. Um, it was a big win for them last night. There's no doubt about it, guys. Um, but halfway through that game, I was I, you and I talked yesterday, Nick. Um, I was watching to have this conversation today, and it wasn't going to be a positive one. But somehow they were able to re- rectify a little, a, a few of their their mistakes. And certainly their start, their start was terrible. And they have to somehow find a resolution to that. Is that coaching or is that the leadership group? At the end of the day, you've got to show up and be passionate to be a player in the NHL. And I don't know if I saw that in the first period, but I don't want to gang up on them. They've got many games ahead of them, but they have to figure it out as a team. Because winning teams, bad, real bad, right? Winning teams don't go through slumps and lose three and four games. The best teams in the league, they may lose one, but they come back in, in, in the you know, subsequent games and, and play not only good, but passionate, tough, and, and try to make a statement. So um, I just want to see that kind of energy and execution, guys. It comes down to execution to win, but I need to see that energy or I'd like to see it. So with them battling back and getting the win, they find themselves in fifth in the Atlantic Division uh, because one of the teams you used to play for is ahead of them, uh, the Buffalo Sabres. I don't know if you've had an eye on that team so far this year, but that team is 4-1-1. One, and one. I don't know if I thought they were going to win four games this year, let alone so far uh, you know, this early in the season. You got any thoughts about the, the Leafs division rival there and the, the Sabres? Uh, you know what? I so I, I love Buffalo. I love I love the fact that I was a Saber for eight almost eight full seasons, and I got a chance to play for the Leafs. I, I like I like both fan bases. Um, I think Buffalo. I don't really care what they've done in the first couple weeks. Um, I I'll be a believer if, if Toronto or excuse me Buffalo is in that that position or somewhere in the mix in January or February. I think there's going to be a few months here to really see what type of team they have there's one thing that they have done they they are embarrassed they're an embarrassed team embarrassed fan base Mm -hmm. and they've shown up to this season as it looks 
and and they've executed. They've played well, but it's a long year, and I'm not I'm not sold on their team being a playoff team, let alone even you know a competitive team for the full season until they show it over a few few months. I can certainly look at the Toronto Maple Leafs and say, listen, this team is a highly skilled group of players, and they're a good team, but. I'm not going to be happy with the Toronto Maple Leafs until they win a round in the playoffs, if not two or three, or even a Stanley Cup, because I think the team is built. And certainly from the top down, they want that team to be successful. Um, their successes, are they're, they're being evaluated at a different timeline, I think. Buffalo's happy to be where they are, but it's a long year. For Toronto, they've got to make, make noise. They've got to you know, be a heck of a lot more competitive and successful for the fan base to really buy into this this success in this team. So I think both teams, we'll see what types of teams they are in a few months. Some markets may be in a situation if they have a contract dispute with somebody or in this case, Jack Eichel with uh, his surgery. Some markets can can go through this a little better. How about Buffalo as a community uh how long can they hold out not looking after and, and taking care of uh, a headache right now? Can they, can they go the whole season? Can the community go the whole season and not care? And does winning obviously buy them time? Really? Well, I'll tell you what, Nick, I think for Buffalo, they just want to win. They want, and, and I think a win early in the season, or when I say win, they want to be, you know, certainly on the winning, winning side more, more nights than not. If, if they're able to do that, I don't think people in Buffalo are even going to care about Jack Eichel and where he is in the mix. If he's had his surgery, if he hasn't, as long as the team is showing that they're committed and, and they're having some successes. But um, I hate the fact that Jack Eichel's been kind of hung out there to dry. I think that whole situation with his injury has been botched right from the outset. Um, and, and I'm not saying... Because it's a difficult decision, right? His surgery that his camp would like to get has never been performed on 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 this type of athlete that that's playing at that level. Um, but it is a neck injury. It is up to the player. It, however, the players gave control to the teams in the last CBA, right? I mean, understanding. So I just think that they've really messed it up. Jack Eichel is one of the best players in the National Hockey League. There's no doubt the losing over his first five seasons has have been, you know, heavy on everyone, heavy on him. And maybe he's not a winner in Buffalo, and maybe he gets dealt. But at the end of the day, if they trade Jack Eichel and don't get superstars back or, or future superstars, then whoever trades for Jack Eichel is going to get the better of that deal. No doubt about it in my mind. Well, time's passing here, and uh, I think if he if he thought about getting the surgery that he wanted and uh, and finding a way to end up on the Olympic team uh, every every day, every week, it looks worse and worse that that will happen. Yeah, it's 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 sad, right? I mean, really sad. Whether you like Buffalo or Jack Eichel or let's but just go back just to the actual athlete. Here's a guy. He's one of the best players, most skilled players in his sport, and, and injuries, you know, sidelined him, and it's been for a long time now, with no end in sight. And that's, I think, that's tragic for the team. It's, it's even worse for Jack Eichel. And for any team that's willing to part with, you know, some, some wonderful assets and some draft picks and maybe even a star player, whatever um, Kevin Adams wants in Buffalo, you know, in return, I think I think it's just a terrible situation for everyone. So hopefully, you know, together they can come to solution and, and and get to the you know the end of this. But um, for the Buffalo Sabers, it's a great start for that fan base. Their fans actually have spoken though. They didn't show up on mass to come and watch them in the first few games. I think there's a little bit of a protest happening. And you know what happens when 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 a fan base gets fed up. The team and the players, they only have one way to go, and that's, and that's work. That's, that's, we, we're never, ever going to look back unless we're successful and win. So I think in many cases, that's probably the best thing a fan base can do is, is leave them out there and not support them, not spend their money on these players until they show that commitment of, of 
you know, I say work, but um, it's execution at the end of the day to win. All right, we're going to let you go here and then finish your testing. And um, judging by the sounds that I heard in the background, I want you just to remember that you only put the swab up your nose. You don't need to. (laughs) There's nowhere else it needs to go. Okay? (laughs) I love it. Guys, it's a new world we're living in. (laughs) I apologize for doing that on the air. No, um, we love it. Once I was there, we had to get it done. No, we love it. Thanks. Thanks, Mayday. Appreciate it, All the best. Have me on more, Nick. Yes, I will. I, I, I appreciate you. Anyone who just loves to fight is okay with me. I got bad news, bud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a Twitter fight? Is that what you mean? In my mentions? You could be ripped off the change at the counter and you won't say a word, eh? No, yeah. Oh, God. I'll just take it. <laughs> I'll give him more. <laughs> okay, so... There, there seems to be a sense from some that when you look at the standings, there's some top teams struggling. So we could say oh, yeah. Tampa Bay, Colorado, Vegas. Boston. Actually, Boston's fine. Three and two. The, the ones that really we thought would be in the mix to compete. And so do we, do we put Toronto with Vegas and Tampa Bay and Colorado for struggling and they'll turn it around or mm. have we seen enough from the Toronto Maple Leafs? I'll bring you in this Sammy to say that they've kind of left that. They won their division going away last year. Okay. Yeah. And I've been watching the first seven games and going yeah. that have, have we seen enough to, to truly think that we are going to see a team that can challenge for their division or a team that's going to, try to fight to make the playoffs. I mean, I'm just pulling up the standings here. I, I never look at the standings this early in the season. Look at him, Sammy. I never look at him. I can tell you what, the uh, West is terrible. Like, look at the, the top eight teams in the East. Uh, below that are teams that are like 700, 600, you know, winning percentage. I mean, 583. Everyone out of the playoffs right now in the West is just awful. Two and four, two and five, 300. So how many spots are there going to be in the Atlantic, right? Because you look at Buffalo, and they're in the, the second spot here. Detroit's in the second spot. I mean, the third spot, sorry. You got to assume, fellas. Like, I mean, a- nice, XL, ni- Buffalo and Detroit. nice start. So there's two spots there in the Atlantic, and you're looking at, I guess, the Leafs, Tampa Bay, and Boston, who are down towards the bottom of the standings as, as those three teams that'll slide in there. And then, I mean, the wild card, it's going to be tough. Like, this is not an easy conference. There's a lot of good teams. Like you said, the West looks... a a lot worse than the East does right now. It is going to be a fight, and I don't think that's the worst thing for this team. Like, I just, you know, you look at, like we've talked about earlier this week, you looked at it last year where they just co- coasted, for the most part, into the into the playoffs. They were playing against a lot of bad teams, playing against, you know, only Canada. I really think there's a world in which this team has to fight tooth and nail to find a way into the playoffs, and that helps them heading into the playoffs. I really, truly believe that. So we do believe out of the Atlantic... Florida and Tampa Bay are set. Yeah, I'm not doubt doubting Tampa Bay. You don't think there's a world in which Tampa Bay is a wild card? Too good. That's fair. Vasilevsky's too good. Yep. Edmund's an anchor. Sergachev's great. I, I, All the forwards. I, yeah, I yeah. tend to agree that uh, Tampa Bay is just... Not on the concern list. Do you not, know who's on my concern list? Boston. Oh, oh, sorry. You're focusing on, yeah, on the stay, stay, stay in I'll, Atlantic I'll right stay now. Stay in Atlantic okay? first. I would think right now that... Uh, uh, Toronto and Boston will be battling it out. That's what I see in the Atlantic. Yeah. Detroit, no, that'll catch up to Detroit. Mm-hmm. And Ottawa and Montreal, not quite ready for prime time. So in the Atlantic, I have Florida, Tampa Bay, and then Toronto and Boston battling it out. I will say Montreal basically going away is very helpful to Toronto because a bad Toronto team, could Montreal could have made things interesting here, so... But yeah, it's going to be a fight. And to Sammy's point about like the wild card, like let's say this team isn't a top three team. It's Florida, Boston, and Tampa Bay in the in the three locked spots for playoffs. You know, you start looking at that metro uh, metro d- division on the other side, and, and, and Pittsburgh, and Columbus, five, Philly, Islanders. Five could come out of there. Oh yeah, Washington, Carolina. Like God, even the Rain- Rangers could get things going right. New Jersey's three and two. Can you Philly with a big win? Eh? Can you imagine last night? Can you imagine, fellas? 
just live in this world with me for a second, that we get to April and the Toronto Maple Leafs make the wild card and they play against the first place team in the Metropolitan, which is Frederick Anderson and the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm sorry, I couldn't get past Sammy's world. <laughs> what do you think it's like? He just plays disc golf and <laughs> watches the Leafs. Yeah, I don't know. Plays I just, beer league puck. Listen. Did I, you see the other night, like, really great Freddie? I didn't. No, neither did I. I didn't. Although I said to Sammy, he never has to make spectacular saves. He's like a positional guy, right? So he's never flashy. Okay. Just stops it. I, I actually have something for you guys here that has you mentioned the you mentioned the Flyers, and it has something to do with the team that they played yesterday, which was the Edmonton Oilers, correct? Who will not go eighty two and oh. No, unfortunately not. So remember how we were talking about Zach Hyman's ice time to start the year? Mm-hmm. About how it was lower, you know, that he was starting off with a little lower ice time. Well that that baby's on the way up. Shocker. Last night he played twenty forty five. He played 18 and 39 against the Vegas Golden Knights. So the trust is going uh, north for, uh, yeah, for out there. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting to see how much his ice time's going up after what it started at. Is he leading the league in scoring yet? What was Connor at last night? Got to be at least 25, 24, 25. He was, he was all over the ice. And then Dreisaitl, 24, 23. Here's a question. Those are big minutes, eh? Big oh, minutes. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. he was twenty five thirty six last night. Connor. Wow, that's, that's a lot. That's heavy. That's heavy. But skate like him, I guess it's a little easier. Yeah. Um, no, not not huge labor. Zach Hyman, by the way, has as many goals as uh, power play goals as the Maple Leafs. I Great. believe they both have three Great. power play goals each. Toronto Hyman leading the Hyman. league in talks. <laughs> Freddie Anderson, best goal in the league. Just going great. Oh man, going great. Boys. We stuff. We we. We did say that there's a really good chance if he can hang in there, uh, you know, playing with Connor, that he's going to get 30-plus. Yeah, there was a uh, the line on, on Cool Bet for goals in the season. Willie Nylander's over-under was 21-and-a-half, and Hyman's was, I think, 31-and-a-half. <laughs> so, Willie was 23, and, and it was 31 for Hyman. It's insane, but it's the world we live in, speaking of Brad. You guys Bay, still cool with three-on-three hockey? In overtime? Oh, well, I love it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Like, I really love it, too. You, you I, got I, issues? No. Well, I, I watch it. Make and it I, 10. And, and, and I think it's out. exciting, yeah. but I just, I see pond hockey. I see. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's so not hockey to me. It's, I feel like a team is going to unlock the secret, which is that it's still okay to say, skate fast. Like, a little pace would go a long way. A lot, lot of the rolling around and just how, prodding. How, how many three-on-threes do we get in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Just not, not a whole ton. <laughs> I, you know what I do? I love it. You know I, zero? I'd watch more of it, though. Would you watch a league like that? I think wow. I, I think I would. So there was, there is a thing with three-on-three that I absolutely love when I watch it. And it's like, you're talking about winding up. It's slow. Guys are trying to control it. You know, you're trying to keep the pace. Like, they come out of the zone with the puck. Even it's basketball. For sure. But then there's this moment where it flips. Someone falls. Where it flips. And when like the from the time it someone falls till the puck goes in the net, it's completely insane. And I love that moment. And I think you're right. It's very gimmicky. I think it's probably a lot to kind of. still really, really gimmicky. And, and you, I think it's to appeal to a lot of people in the southern states, you know, make it a little more fun for the three-on-three, and then you don't do it in, in the playoffs. Do I really it, don't mind it. Do an NHL three-on-three in the summer. <laughs> I, I, I would You're going to call the boys play. back from Muskoka to do that. I'm <laughs> no, sure no, be no, no, you'd go get American <laughs> Hockey League guys uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. or your prospects. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be fun. But um, it's just I still have a fundamental problem with it because it's better not, than the shootout, though, right? It's not hockey. Well, it's about not kissing your sister, right? It, nobody wants the tie. Yeah, ties Why are not? no good. I, I I'm okay with a tie. I I've long no. thought it should be ten minutes of three on three than a tie. I'd be okay with that if you can go ten minutes of three on three hockey without a goal. By the way, I think a penalty in overtime in three on three should be a, a penalty shot. Whatever the penalty is, give the guy a shot. Oh, my God. You're just butchering my game right now. <laughs> Four We're on three is terrible. Butchering it. <laughs> oh, my friendly butcher on Young Street. Why don't you get a job with uh, them? It goes to penalty shots anyway. Just yeah. jam one in the middle of the game. I got no problem with that. Um, I, I 
Sam, they're embarrassing it? themselves with these idiotic comments. Thank you. I, uh, yes, Derek. I, I thought we got one very good question here. Oh, um, what do you got? Which I wanted to throw out here. Um, give me one second. The question was, uh, Kipper, about these sort of situations with the Blackhawks, um, you know, these high-level issues that are kind of embarrassing. When will corporate sponsors begin? By the way, this is from X01, uh, at Sports X01. When will corporate sponsors begin to step aside or put pressure on teams in these scenarios? Uh, they had no issues when Tiger Woods cheated. And he's talking about Coca-Cola, BMO, American Express. You know, some of the, the big, well-known sponsors for the Blackhawks. Could you ever see a day where those, those companies just say, well, we don't want to be tied to that? I suppose they've always got that option, 100%. Uh, but, you know, these companies are just, they're, they're, it's all about the bottom line. Justin, it's all, it's, you know, even, it's nice that you speak politically uh, in the year 2021 and you say all the right things, but teams are in the making money business. Mm -hmm. They're not in the mental health business. They're not in anything else except wins equal championships, championships equal making money. That's their first priority. That will always be their first priority. The there's board of directors. There's people that just their their job is to make sure that the bottom line is healthy, and uh, that will always come into the equation first. Unfortunately, just gives those corporations the hammer to say that we're going to stop giving you these yes. dollars if it makes get rid sense of... for them. Right. If it they go back to their board and they go figure out, do we make more money or less money making this decision? Right. Money, money, money. Uh, Sammy, any other ones you want to throw at us? It's all about the cash. Uh, I do want to throw something in. Let's have it. Radar podcast, please. Oh. (laughs) Go to uh, Real Kipper and Born. Radar podcast. Give us five stars. Everybody's been going on. We've been getting a lot of good reviews, you know. It's reading. It's going to my head. They're saying, "All oh, I love that Sammy. Justin that Sammy. That Sammy's <laughs> takes are so great." No, go on there, rate, review. Tell us you like it. Tell us you hate it. But please, just be honest with us. And we 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 really appreciate that. So uh, we've been loving bringing this show to you guys. I know you guys have been too. So just yeah. rate and review. Rate and review. Tell me what's wrong with Sammy and JB and Derek, and I'll fix it. I promise you. You do kind of hold the hammer. Nah. The um the people don't know about Sammy being like a, a terrible take guy. Like when he gets to chime in once in a while like this, he's brilliant. But he has some really awful ones. Um, like what? <laughs> just it's just a general statement. Sammy. Oh okay. Yeah. Sammy, you're wearing your championship ring today. No, it's on my desk. It's on my desk. My Raptors championship ring. Yeah, no, it's yeah. on my desk. Can I just remind you? Oh, that reminds me of something. Continue. I was just going to remind you when you wear it. Mm. You never played, right? <laughs> no. Okay. You're not a player. No, I know. Even though you walk around like you played, wow. and here is my proof. My 20, the, the mug that I got for my 2016 Summer League Junior <laughs> League Championship would disagree that I've never played. Um, the zigzags. I wanted, to, I wanted to say something to you guys. I don't know if you saw this. This is not hockey, but I, I, brought, I saw this today, and I really wanted to bring it up because it made me laugh. About PETA. PETA is, uh, they want to change the name in baseball of the bullpen because it's offensive to cows, apparently. So they want to change it, which is that the most obscene true. thing. That can't be true. But That's the onion did that. But the name they came up with is the arm barn. It's so much So, better. fellas, the <laughs> question I ask is how have we not always called the bullpen the arm barn? We're going to start calling the bench the stick pit. <laughs> the arm barn is really good. I love it. Listen, so- all I want is pizza and a souflaki stick. <laughs> okay? That's all I care about. Nico makes an appearance. Oh, God. Yeah. No, it is really good. Oh, quickly, Born. What would your goal song be? We just got a text. Oh, uh, God, I don't know. I'm like an awful like hip hop guy, so I, I mean, yeah. it would have to do something. I cannot believe the Leafs did not change that. What would yours be, Kipper? It's full of shame at this point. Anything but that Hall and Oates song. <laughs> Anything <laughs> but that one. They do need to turn the page. Yes. New one. Maybe we've given them something to think about, JB. Let's hope so. Okay, our thanks to Brad May and Doug McLean, who we 
found deep south Florida in his RV. All right, boys, great job today. Derek, thank you very much. The juice is good, eh? Hey, there you go. We're right back at it tomorrow. Real Kipper and Bourne, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.